Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy, Tactics. It's your boy, Darcy. And this is Big Geek Umar. How are y'all doing today? We're doing good. Doing real good. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So confident. So confident. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Umar, I guess we'll get right into it. What's on the agenda for today? Uh, we are going through a couple of uh, news that have uh, happened today. Uh, well, actually this week, and I think also last week, uh, in the geeky world. So, well, uh, yeah, let's stick with geeky world. So the first one being, we're going to be discussing uh, the, Av- like the Avatar The Last Airbender, the creators of the epic animated series, and also that they went on to do Legend of Korra. Uh, they left the live-action Netflix show that they're preparing. So we'll get into that. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about um, The Boys, season one, uh, basically kind of like do our own rev- like mini-reviews of it, and then also talk about our hopes for season two, which should be coming in like two weeks or so, two, three weeks. And then finally, we'll be discussing the news about the, new- the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air remake that's uh, on the horizon. So yeah, that that is our uh, that's what we're going to be focusing on today. So uh, yeah, let's jump right in and let's start talking about like. Uh, so have you did you guys hear about the news about the creators for Avatar with yeah, Netflix? Mm hmm. Okay. So for the audience members who have not heard, uh, the, uh, the two creators who set up Avatar: Last Airbender. It was their baby. Granted, they had like a lot of other writers uh, like come in and like help them with with the series. They were kind of like spearheading the show. They then did, then when that was a success, they went on to do uh, Avatar: Legend of Korra. And then like 15 years later, uh, Avatar is still going strong. So especially with Netflix and the, the pandemic. So Netflix was kind of like, hey, you guys want to do a live action version? And they're like, yeah, sure, uh, we'll do it. So uh, I think for like the last two years, they've been working on that. And this week, like I would say like not even two days ago, uh, the creators uh, together went online to say, we have severed all ties uh, with the production. We are not uh, taking part anymore with the series. Uh, it's going ahead without us. And, like, you know, we wish everybody the best and uh, um, peace. So what do you guys think of uh, about this new this new development situation? Uh, tactics, let's start with you. Uh, so first and foremost, is it is it due to creative differences or is it, like, financial reasons? Like, what's, what's the dilemma I- here? It was creative differences. Creative differences, and so this was similar to what they they went through with the movie with M Night Shyamalan, right? Yeah. So, so with M Night Shyamalan's disastrous Last Airbender uh, series, from what we know, is that they actually planned on doing a season four of Avatar: The Last Airbender. But they chose not to because they were coming out with a live-action movie. So they're like, okay, well, instead of doing one season, why, why don't we just do like a live-action movie? And the creators were originally involved uh, because like Abnai Shaman was a big fan. But then they really quickly backed the fuck out. See, I feel like, I feel like the Avatar was kind of wrapped up nicely, though. I, like, I mean, the whole the whole series, like the first series anyway, was 
pretty much leading up to the big fight between um, the Fire Lord. And then once we had that, it was kind of like, well, you know, they'd have to revamp and create an, a whole other story. So I felt like they they kind of got the main. Like I I, I don't see where they what could have gone from there. I'm sure you could have conjured up some other kind of storyline, but like oh, for they had four, pl- I, they had plans for season four actually. Yeah, but I mean, what my point is is like you know there there's some TV series that you start watching and they they end so like prematurely, like so yeah. abruptly where it's like, you don't even get to see anything concluded. I feel like it, it wrapped up. It, it's kind of like the, the, um, the logic I use with, uh, with Endgame, right? We yeah. had this big giant buildup of all these other movies um, beforehand. And then we got Endgame, which kind of like wrapped everything up in a nice little bow. Yeah, sure. They can, they can create other storylines beyond that. But it was like, if they had ended, at Endgame, and we're never going to get another superhero type of movie within that universe. Then I'm I'm content with that, right? Because I feel like it's all complete. But um, yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, okay, so like, here's a question. We're going we're going to detract a little bit uh, from the agenda, but here's a question: uh, Do either of you know what season four, like, what the tidbits of like what they were planning to do for season four were? No. no idea. Oh, okay, yeah. so uh, you may change your mind. So I agree. I also think that like uh, Avatar ended like perfectly. When I heard that there was going to be a season four, I was like, well, you know, I'd rather have a disastrous movie than a disastrous season four. But it turns out the plan was to finish off certain th- plot threads that they had set up for th- three seasons. Yes, they did the full story, and I'm kind of glad they ended it there if we had a choice. But the, 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 what they were planning on doing for season four was uh, they wanted to focus in on how Zuko and Aang were actually having a really tough time uh, bringing peace to the world. That the Fire Nation was unhappy with no longer being top dogs anymore. That the Earth Kingdom wanted to take uh, more, like they kind of wanted to kick out all the Fire uh, Nation people. And that would have been like a kind of like a... Because uh, like, the thing is, the Fire Nation, the colonies have been there for almost 100 years. So... Mm-hmm there would have been a lot of like political aspects there and Zuko would have been un- under undermined and Aang would have had a hard time like conversing with him. So there was that element. Also, they were going to do like Zuko and uh, Azula's mom. That was also going to be something that they like, you know, fleshed out also. And finally, they were going to do a redemption arc for Azula where basically Zuko was going to be to her what Iroh was to Zuko in the first three seasons, first two seasons. Yeah, I mean, it. So for me, it's kind of like it's like froyo without the toppings. You know, it's like it's like the um, the toppings are obviously going to make everything that much better. But I, I'm, I could still be content with just the froyo itself. You I know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, they they did leave a lot on the table in terms of where they could take the storyline, like with Azula and like. Um, Ang and uh, and Zuko's dynamic and their and their their new established friendship and whatnot and how that kind of uh, carries on throughout the season. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I guess I'm I'm in a different place than you guys because you guys watched it while it was like currently airing and I I caught on like much later, right? So Darcy, did you um, watch while it was airing? Um, well, I don't know. Tactics, tactics spoke for me, so I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, 
when I watched it, am, am I mic too loud by any chance? I just, you're good. You're good. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so when I watched it, I don't think it was while it was airing because I'm pretty sure when I got it, it was when it first hit Netflix or something years and years and years ago. I was streaming it online, but I was actually trying to think of that recently. Like, where did I see? I feel like it was on Netflix when Netflix originally came out because um, I remember my friend like she saw it and she was like oh check this thing out and I just kind of like happened to be at her house that day and I was like oh and I started watching it with her and then I just like caught into it yeah. um, like this is back before I moved to Toronto um, so like back in like 2008 9 I think is like back when I was watching it about like yeah so like a little over so just just after it aired yeah like i feel like it was like it was still like it yeah like basically what you just said but um the one thing i want to say to though and i umar i forget the point that you said what was the last thing about the uncle iroh relationship or someone would be like Iro somebody so else? basically uh like zuko was going to help redeem azula like he she, he was going to prove oh, to her yeah. that the only person in her life that loved her was her brother and like just like zuko was when he was like lost and like without without his honor iroh was the only one in the world who actually loved him he was going to do that to, for azula and she was going to be redeemed by the fact that her brother was sticking by her no matter what so my problem with this is that the show for the first three seasons in its general um arc is set up for this big epic event right yeah. all of that stuff that you're talking about for the fourth season is really good content, especially because, you know, like even for someone like John Campia recently said, like he just watched it and he said like, you know, people warned him the first season was, you know, a little childish, but then it really gets more intense, which is true. Right. The thing is all that stuff is great. Like almost like adult, like content coming into the show, but where's the big Epic arc? Because this show is set up all like the whole thing you're waiting for is save the world. Right. Yeah. And then after Save the World, we're just going to talk about the political outcry of it, which is great. But the audience is going to be like, where's the next big thing? If you're going to go, it's like when you look at like a Naruto, if you're going to go between, you know, this epic battle, it got to lead to something else. Right. And it turns into like the great ninja war. It can't just be like, well, these are things that happen after the fact. Then we're done. It's kind of like when a movie drags too long at the end where it's like thought- good content. But where is it going? I, I saw it more as like uh, when I heard about this, I saw it like it was going uh, to the path of like, the next big thing would have been like Civil War, uh, like Marvel Civil War, where it's like uh, Captain America and Iron Man. And like, I think it would have been Zuko and Aang. Like in the end, like it would have been like the two of them, like kind of having a point, but at the same time, not knowing how to resolve it. Yeah, if if they had planned, the thing is, I feel like you'd have to plan three seasons, right? You can't like that one that one season with that content. If they hadn't planned beyond that one season, if I was Nickelodeon, I wouldn't greenlight that because I'd be like, you're you're gonna kill. Which is why they probably great, went for the movie. Yeah, like you're gonna kill this great arc that you had set up. You you put this great story, like you know, basically everything, like like the tactic was just saying, like people are being like, I'm good, I'm done, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you're gonna be like, you're not, you don't have enough. To, to, to pick this up Fair think, switching back to the movie though um i watched different stuff recently you know since and and uh, since the the announcement and at first you know the uh, initial gut reaction is okay so the original creators aren't there that means it's not going to be good because we're not gonna it's not going to be like the 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 actual like show that we love 
but then I was watching some stuff and, and the thought is in my head now that one Netflix does have a good history with series, not movies, but series like TV shows in general, right? Like, like they don't, it's not for perfect. They have a ton of content. Yeah. But they do have some stellar content. And when it really counts, they, they tend to do a really good job, right? Yeah. Because they tend to like work well with the, the creators. They've and earned their cred. They've earned their cred, right? And so, and they, they're pretty hands on when it comes to the stuff that matters, right? Even though like you take like Ozark, where it's really in the hands of the creators, but they're still like hands on with them. Um, the other part to this, though, is something I didn't quite think until I was like watching some stuff and someone put this thought in my head is like, just because the original creators are like, have the the love for the original story doesn't mean that they know how to put on a live action show. There's a lot of stuff that like doesn't necessarily directly translate. The one thing that is leading me on a thought is, is that just because the creators aren't there doesn't mean that it's doomed. Right. I think that's a natural thought that that we always have. It's that like, well, we don't we don't have the the creators, so they're not going to get get the idea of the story. <laughs> There's a good chance that they could still get the the story right, and what some of the creative differences might not be what the core of Avatar is, but it could be. You know, we really want to tell it this particular way, and people are like, "That's not going to jive on on live action." And then there's that kind of a conflict that's starting to become like my. To be, yeah, to be honest, if that is what happened, I'm much more in favor of that. But the, the, what I am worried about is that, like, they the creators were talking about very much how they wanted to keep the cultural aspects intact for each of the four nations that like where like you know china japan uh, uh the indigenous people and tibetans or like you know if they wanted to like uh make other races or something involved there too but nonetheless um but like i also i do see your point that yes just because the creators left doesn't mean it's going to be bad but like if the creators are leaving for creative differences and this is honestly the first time i've ever heard netflix has had such a strong stance on the differences between creators like or like like you said they have street cred because they've given us they've given us some good movies but they've also given us like we we have more shows that like are killing it right now they've given us some all right movies a couple of pretty good for netflix films but uh, let's, let's not let's not take it that far <laughs> okay fair, fair, fair. but nonetheless the shows predominantly they have given like free reign to the creators which is why i'm a little surprised that like unless the the avatar creators are completely incapable of you know uh coming to a compromise like netflix must be asking like again i'm assuming but it feels odd that netflix is having such massive creative differences with the creators that they had to leave like in protest t yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of side on the, on what um, Darcy said. I think that, you know, just because they're attached to the project doesn't necessarily make mean that it's going to it's it's going to succeed. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like because again, like Darcy was saying, that it it's to making a cartoon TV series is is vastly different than making an actual live action series, Agreed. right? There's a lot of there's a lot more moving parts to a live action series than there is with um, with anime, right? Or just, just sorry, sorry to interject. Have either of you watched the Last Airbender? By the way, like the movie. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, that's not even a good comparison because M Night ha has a terrible track record with all his movies, most of his movies across the board, anyway, right? So my point was that, like, you know, I, I let's just say that I may have PTSD from, <laughs> from right, that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, you yeah. guys are like, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um, M Night has like what, like two out of, two out of ten kind of a rating? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, on average of being like, I like that film. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sorry. it's only Split and uh, Unbreakable, to be honest. Oh, and Six Sense. Six Sense, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's critically acclaimed. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's, yeah, I interrupted. Interrupt. Uh, no, no, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I'm curious to find out what exactly the creative differences are, but I'm reserving judgment until I actually see the finished project because it's not like we have an M. Night Shyamalan situation where he's attached and he's going to just totally botch this TV series, right? It still has the potential to be good. And like Darcy was saying, Netflix has a pretty decent track record when it comes to their TV series. I mean, look, like, fuck, we got Daredevil, P The Punisher, like those, like those alone were very, Umbrella very Academy. solid. Umbra Umbrella Academy, um, so many good shows on there right now, right? So they obviously know what they're doing to a certain extent. Movies are, are debatable, but definitely the TV series are, are really good. So, I mean, I'm... I have faith that it's going to be, at least be decent. Pro Chances are there's going to be some major deviations from the original source, and that I think is going to raise some eyebrows and cause some issues amongst the fans. But really, at the end of the day, if, if they can get at least, if they can stay somewhat, well, not, not even somewhat, more than somewhat, if they can at least stay 90% accurate to the source material and then just have some variances here and there i'm totally okay with that like as long as they don't make too drastic of a change along the original material okay something you said actually reminded me so like i remember this is back in the day when like they were when the creators were like we're doing a live action thing with netflix mm -hmm. they were saying that they were going to make it a little bit more adult like that was like that was what they said like that was the plan so naturally and i the, who, whose direction do you think that is by the way I think that was their view in terms of making this a live action. Like having a twelve-year-old make out with a thirteen, like thirteen-year-old, uh, may be weird for us to watch. So okay, so not that much kissing even in the original show. Yeah, and <laughs> how how I perceive that, and hopefully this is the direction that they end up going in, or if if this is what they mean, then I'm okay with it. Is so when you guys. Or Umar, when you originally told me to watch this series and I saw the trailer for it, much like I did with Naruto, I was not impressed because I was like, this is this looks like a kid show. Like it, it yeah. it's it's marketed as like your typical Nickelodeon kitty pop type of shit. And I wasn't interested. And then I gave it a chance and I realized, oh, there's there's some really deep-rooted lore here, like that del that delves um really profoundly into spirituality, which is, you know, that's all my that's my shit right there, right? Yeah. So that's one you, season two, though, yeah. Right, and I think uh, kind of like what uh, Darcy was alluding to with John Campia and his statement, how people pre-warned him about, you know, the first season series, one, yeah. season one is, is very, very much uh, like very campy and a little bit more comical in its, in its satire and stuff. And so once you get past that and more into the lore of the series, you'll start to have a, a much broader appreciation for it as a whole, which is what my experience was like too, right? Because yeah. with the, the first couple of episodes, I was kind of like, I was so disconnected from it and it just wasn't resonating with me. And then after a while, it kind of like, it started to build on me and then we get a deeper introduction into Iroh and all that stuff. And that's when it started to hit home for me. So I think- I was your boy. Oh yeah, 100%. But I think it, the so 
it's it's not going to be – I feel or rather my hope is that it's not going to be as catastrophic as M. Night's version where like there was zero humor in that. It, they tried to go dark, but then they deviated way too far from the original source material that it was just a pile of dog shit. Oh, Whereas God. this, I think, if they make it a little bit more adult where it's like it, they're relying less on the campy – like it's not over the top campy because I feel like they they were in this kind of balance. battle. Yeah, they're trying to balance the scales in the sense of like, okay, are we trying to make this a kids show or are we trying to have this resonate with adults? Right, like where they were trying to. I think the first season they were trying to find their groove, and then they kind of were just like, okay, you know what? I feel like like adults and like teenagers are gonna fuck with this a little bit more. So let's kind of like make this a little bit darker. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's kind of what they're going. I think they're going to play around with that element and kind of reduce the amount of campiness. Um, but again, it's it, we're dealing with like however old Kang is, like 12, 15, whatever. Like, so there is still, yeah, so there is still going to be that childlike innocence, I feel, but it's going to be a lot darker or not dark, not even darker, but just more adult tone. Yeah, like they, they definitely have like adult dark themes. Like, I mean, the third episode, they, they discussed genocide. Yeah. I was just like, oh, well, okay, here we go. You know what, though? Like, even though we, we, we often call it dark, I don't even feel like it's dark. I just think it's more layered. Adult. Right? It's, it's, it's adult. It's layered. It's mature. Yeah. 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 There's a way of, yeah, all those kinds of words kind of combined. But, like, it's it, like it's it's just, yeah. Because, like, even when they talk about these, like, dark concepts, I'm like, I never feel like the show is like heavy in comparison to other things. And one thing that, that, you know, going back, like by, by all means, the, the point of what I, my thought is that like the creative differences might be not quite what they seem. Right. It's not, I don't, but I don't think it's going to be like the creative differences between uh, like star Wars or, or like <laughs> horror, right? where it's like, oh, here's, here's a very clear established lore. And then, Let's just do something else. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, like, it, it, like, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Netflix credit. One of my favorite shows from Netflix that was early on in the the Netflix series. Not everyone has seen it, but it's Sense Eight, right? I love it because it really pushed limits for me. I'm a big empathetic based person. I like like lead a lot with empathy and understanding the other people's cultures and and, and um. You know, orientations, other types of stuff is really big for me just to like experience it. And the show put me into a seat where I got to experience a little bit from other people's viewpoint from their experience a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and that was really impactful for me. Netflix invested $9 million per episode. Okay. Wait, what? That's the only reason why the show canceled. I, I knew this was hardcore into the show. The reason why they canceled after it was like the second season um, was because it was costing them $9 million per episode because every time they had they had people in these characters in different parts of the world, they were actually in those parts of the world and they had to fly the entire cast sometimes to all the different locations and refilm. Oh, which it was a really big deal for like the telling of the story, but it got so costly they had to cancel it. That's and then when they and when they canceled it, the the fan outcry was so big that they went and reshot a film at the end to try to conclude the story, which wasn't like the greatest thing. But yeah. what, what are you going to do if you're going to try to conclude like your final season into like two hours, right? Like, and it was it was more of a, like the fans asked for it. And we would deliver because we don't want to leave, let them down. So that level of like care, even though there is a Netflix formula and it won't be perfect, there's still a level of care that 
I've seen from their past that I'm like, I feel like they're going to care. Now, my requirements are that I really want to see cultural aspects in in avatar 100%. I don't want to see no so no cultural washing um uh, and I'm not even going to say like a, any specific one I just want to like uh, there's a lot of beautiful things to be learned from from Inuit culture there's a lot of beautiful things to be learned from all the different cultures that are in here and I want to see them so that I learn from learn those things at the same time you know and so what you said about Sensei actually makes me slightly more hopeful that they will actually do that because, like, yeah, like th- that. Uh, I guess ultimately, what this all boils down to is who they get to replace the creators. You, you know what, though? Like, why, why do they have to replace the creators? I was thinking they that need, too. They, they they need someone to like run the show. No, no, they don't. Every, every show has like someone who runs the show. Like Netflix themselves don't actually run it. They they have like executive producers to run it. So yeah, they have, well they have directors. They don't ne- necessarily need the actual creators of the. No, I'm saying in the sense of like they uh, basically the people who like the creators were running the show. They have left now, so they, they need to get new. So, people. But, okay, but when you say running, what what role did they play specifically? Writing and directing and like uh, also uh, like casting and like they were the final they were the ones in charge of the show like they were it was their uh, job like they they were the managers so like now that the managers have left they need to get new managers so that like because like right now they need someone to be in charge of the show they need someone a boss of the show yeah I don't I don't know the industry but my guess is that like I just don't know how it fundamentally works but my guess is that they probably don't direct every episode because it's no. a big project but they are going to basically be the person who ties in everything. They're the the executive producers. They're the ones who are in charge. Like, uh, it's their story, but they're getting people to write their story. They're getting people to direct their story. They're getting people to cast their story. I wouldn't wouldn't go as far as saying they're in charge because realistically, they don't, they, if Netflix can still take the property, then what, like, how are they really in charge then? Because they're in charge of the decision making and the uh, creating the vision. Now Netflix, not, either not in, necessarily, because otherwise no, no, they would just take the. But the, the thing is, that's why this argument happened because Netflix and the creators were not getting along on the vision. But Netflix is still doing the show, right? Yeah, it's still going through, but they need new executive producers to run the show. So then they're not really in charge; they're just consulting. I, I feel like there is a level of like if I understand how, anything about the industry, it's like there is the studio that owns the property mm-hmm. then the studio puts in charge, like your executive producers and, and, and whatnot, and then your directors. And if the owner of the property decides, I don't like your production, even the product, the producer is supposed to have like a lot of connections in the industry mm-hmm. and usually have a company so they can, they, they have the ability to hire, like do the casting and do a bunch of different things because that's their production company. But if the owners decide we own this property, but we don't like what you're producing it, then they'll fire the production company. That company now has to leave and they may have to change out other people's roles, but some people are still employed. Like, people that were going to do lighting and directors and, and a bunch of other stuff who had pre-budgeted, they won't leave because they're still tied like as a, as a job to the project. Whoever nice. writes the checks makes, makes the, the, which, which would be Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So Netflix owns the, the series, but the people that they got to be quote unquote, deliver the show 
and also to like do everything related to the show because the people who like the owners of Netflix are like they don't make content they uh, they just like dot them uh, the checks for the content and they check the quality of it like near the end and probably throughout the the process but the executive producers are essentially the ones who are running the show mm-hmm. so now that they're no longer running the show they need to bring in new executive producers to run the show yeah it's it's running like the more the day to day of actually developing out the project whereas like let's say you take WB and then you take like one of these movies that we've seen in the past that we don't like right there's a there's a studio that like that owns it being WB and if the producers aren't actually getting what they want, then they fight over it. And then sometimes we end up with a, with a bad film. But if the studio is like, no, 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 you, we give you more creative freedom until a certain point, then, you know, they don't fight as much. Like Joss Whedon, like he created Buffy, but at the same time, he was just, he was just the executive producer. Like if ultimately he was like, you know what, I'm not going to do what you guys want me to do and leaves. He's still the quote unquote creator of Buffy, but he's not the executive producer. And I think like WB or UPN would just like have someone else take over. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so uh, yeah, so I think the main thing is we need to see who they get to replace the, the original creators because depending on who the, they are, like if they're just like now, that's not to say it's like new people uh, can't do a good job. I think my thing is I've been I was so badly burned with the last Airbender that I'm just terrified what this means mm-hmm. because this is exactly what happened. They, uh, M Night Shyamalan was doing his thing, and like uh, and like I, the fact is he still defends his work. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah defend that all day yeah <laughs> with your track record i wouldn't be defending that much yeah uh so like uh but like nonetheless like the creators left because like we don't want anything to do with what he's doing and like then we saw what happened so this this just sounds very familiar for for me which is why i'm just like oh shit yeah i i, I get the, the general fear but i also wonder how much of the creative vision is laid out like if they, let's say they laid out like like this creative vision, right? And it wasn't complete for the for the television uh, live action, but like let's say it was like seventy percent the way there, and you know of that was done a little bit. It's got to be scrapped because their ideas weren't perfect. So the new creators come in, they go, look, I, we have actually a good roadmap. We're just going to adjust a few things and then build out the pieces that we feel were completely missing, and and set the new vision, which the vision might be, you know mostly what was already there so we might get a lot of what's close but that the things that were the creative differences will be the piece where the new visionary has to come in and smooth those things out whether that's a little bit of agreement with netflix or a little bit of but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that like what had to be agreed on was horrible um but maybe there's a little agreement or maybe there's like they're like okay look the original creators obviously wanted this you guys want that i don't agree with either of you i'm going to come up with a different variation of all this because you know i don't think that i could see why you guys fought over this right and i'm I'm come up with a new idea right so it could still end up being really great you know so well audience let's ask you what do you think will happen now that the original creators of the avatar the last airbender series have left the netflix live action adaption uh and now uh going to our next topic uh uh we are going to do our review of the season one of The Boys. Uh, so uh, for those of you who don't know, Amazon released uh, a, a TV series based off a comic book, which had uh, superheroes who were, they, they lived in the, the, the modern world and they were celebrities and they were assholes, just like celebrities. Uh, so Darcy, what was your thoughts on the first season of The Boys? Trash. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just want to see your reaction. No, I loved it. It was great. Um, it, at first, like, I feel like I was still in the heavy level of like, oh, superheroes are amazing. So it was at, for the first like episode, I was kind of like, man, don't be trashing all my superheroes. Don't be trashing <laughs> all my superheroes. And then after a little while into it, I was like, no, nah, this is this is this is just amazing. And now even like more time has passed, and there's been more different types of content around the superhero world that I'm like, I'm just so excited for, for the second season. Um, yeah, the, I'm, I'm like, I want to say something like specific, but I, I feel like. One of my favorite scenes out of the whole show has to do with the end with I'm horrible with names, but with Homelander, um, the 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 woman who runs Vought, um, yeah. like not the owner, but like the the, the like the main his director, handler, his handler, yeah, like main director of Vought, and then what's that? Elizabeth Shue is the character. Is uh, sorry, the actress name. I don't remember her name either. Yeah, I know. I forget. I forget her the character name, but it actually was originally a man. I I, I read up on, and, and it was replaced with, with with her. And then, and what's his name? The um, Carl Urban's character. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I gotta get like more than one just Homelander. <laughs> and, and and the baby. My favorite scene with all that was what's your. But yeah, butcher. butcher. Thank you, thank you. And, and obviously, spoiler alert to this point. If you haven't seen this, this, this is like the last episode, so I'm sorry if you like you don't know. Then like, just go watch it. But um, my favorite part about it was like everyone's like, "Oh, I love how you know, but our, our Homelander like you know kills this kills the woman and stuff like that." I'm like, no. My favorite part about how callous the whole thing was is when the when the when the house blew up, nobody gave a crap but the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everyone was like, man, that scene was dark. And I'm like, and I think I was talking to Tax. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but what about the baby? They're like, what, what, what do you mean the baby? I'm like, they just left and the baby was in the crib and it blew up and nobody cared. I'm like, that's how crazy this show is. Everyone's focused on like the obvious things and no one's thinking about the baby in the crib. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, that baby's going to survive too. So you're like, you're like, cause that baby was a power. Was it? So I, so here's the thing that I really hope happens in season two. I'm getting right into it right now. Okay, okay, so, okay let's do this. Let's do this. So they went to that lab and they found out midway through that the 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 that how they're growing them. I yeah. think that the baby she was taking care of was uh, a superpowered baby, which is I think she was similar to like how a different way of bringing up a, a Homelander. And so I think she had a superpowered baby in her house. She gets killed. They leave and the baby survives, and somehow that's going to play into something. I just, I really, I, re I really hope because one, don't kill a baby and just do nothing with it. Like that's just like <laughs> if you go kill the baby, you got to do something with it. It's, it's got to turn into the dog out of John Wick. Okay, like it's got to, just it has to be right. But I, I really like that scene. I'm just waiting to see what, what the, what the consequences of it. For me, it's all about that baby. Something has to happen. All right, I pass it over. All right, T. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this series. I think it's a nice, interesting parallel between, like, in comparison to, you know, I like it's it's supposed to be like a parody off or a rip off of like the Justice League, right? Essentially. Well, more like a realistic version, like what the Justice League would be. Yeah, and and rightfully so, because I mean, I feel like if superheroes existed today, they wouldn't be self righteous and and you know. Glorified, yeah. you know, beings that are like only out for good and like, you know, making all these epic sacrifices. Like Peter Parker, for example, lives a shit fucking life. At what point do you just say, yo, fuck this shit? I'm just gonna, 
I'm just gonna like go to college and just chill, man, and just play football or some shit. Like I'm I'm not I'm not about this saving the world anymore when I can't even show my face while I'm I doing it. I feel like Peter Parker always wants to do that and then he just always gets pulled back into the calling. It's like it's like the person who wants to quit that job but then just like doesn't want to let people down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't I mean as a human, I don't give that much credit to to mankind where they're like, yeah. it gets to a point where you're like, yo, like this is just way too much, man. Like I know I made a promise to Uncle Ben, but yo, know, he's gone. He's gone. He, he, so, I mean, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no. So I was just saying, like, I mean, it it definitely is a more realistic take on what I think. What we all think or assume would happen if these like people actually existed in our in our society right where they're like now with instagram being the way that it is like you know i could i could just i can see superheroes having an instagram page and trying to build up their their clout and you know build popularity working for an agency and you know only doing things for like recognition and adulation and stuff like that so it's it's interesting because it, it it really does highlight in a lot of ways how society is and how we view some like prolific people in that kind of similar status obviously not superhero related but like from a higher status who like has like a hundred thousand followers or whatever like a lot of people view these people on like this pedestal and then they yeah. treat them a certain way and you know you think that they're these like mesmerizing like you know amazing figures but then behind the scenes you find out that they're fucking assholes or they're doing all this weird shit and you know like it it's just yeah it's interesting i really liked it and uh i guess one of my favorite scenes was uh homelander's scenes were like fucked up man like where the, the scene the fucking scene where they're on on the plane him and uh the wonder woman chick yeah. and he just fucking Lee, yeah, Queen Maeve, and he just leaves, and you're just like, "What?" Do you know that uh, in the in the comics that was nine eleven plane? That was a nine eleven plane that he just let go. Oh fuck, no, I didn't know that. Even yeah. darker, even darker. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was just like, "Wow, this guy." Because you're thinking about it, like, okay, th- we've seen this play out in like Superman movies, where he yep. goes, he flies to the front of the ship or the f- front of the plane, and you know. Everything's all good. He saves the day and it's all good. And then all of a sudden you hear Homeland and he's like, yeah, man, I don't really want to do this shit. Like, it's not even possible for me to do that. So he talks about how like a plane would like rip apart if you you do that, which is actually like technically probably what would happen if you would put that much force against it as it's going the other way. It's like, it's probably not going to work out very well. Yeah, but but part of what makes a hero a hero is his attempt, right? Like, you you don't, you don't just give up because of that shit. Right. And that's what sets it apart. He even said, he's like, I'm not going to go back and forth on this plane 123 times just to bring people down. I was like, yeah. He just I, did not give a fuck. Oh, I'm not saying that like because like the plane would break, he shouldn't do it. Like it's no, more, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more that the fact that like I just like that the writers put that statement in there to be like, you know, all the stuff you normally see, like yeah. you're not applying like physics when you think about it. But it's like it's 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 the effort that's put, and it's like like a real hero wouldn't come to that rationale. He's always he's above logic and and physics. Like perfect prime example is the uh, Spider-Man Two. The, the train scene where he's trying to stop the train yeah. with, the, with the webs or whatever. And you're like, realistic, I don't, I don't know how strong his webs actually are, but it just, 
from a phys- physics standpoint, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't think he could possibly do that. Yeah. But, you know, like the fact he's- that he keeps – he even fails because he's like doing it and then his, his web snap. And, you know, so he's like, okay, fuck, I'm just going to keep trying again. And he's like, yeah. he just keeps – trying like he even tried to stop it with his foot and all this shit like so it's just it's an interesting dichotomy between the two where it's like one person is like doing whatever the fuck he can regardless of what his logic is or physics or whatever and then there's this guy who's just kind of like yo i i don't got time for this kind of looking like homecoming i think homecoming brings it even more to your point it's like he actually initially succeeds by like 90 percent, and then it it doesn't work and he's just so desperate yeah that he's like literally holding this thing up by himself and like just yeah. trying to bring it together and versus like homelander is like yo man i got this is just it's it, like inefficient but like yeah. what scared me was when like uh, everyone's like desperately trying to get him to help him and he just like his eyes glow red he's like back the fuck off. yeah and i was like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, that was a powerful scene for me. Because he knows it's like it's not going to hurt his street cred because they're all going to be dead. So yeah. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. There's no one watching. You know, like, and that's, that, that's how he always is, which is yeah. crazy. You know, one thing though, like two, two random points. One, the one thing I always hear about the, the boys that I always like feel like when I hear it promoted to me before I watch it and then I watch it and I realize I'm like, it's not 100% that. It's like people always like, it's a realistic take on superheroes. The one thing about that statement though is like because the superheroes are manufactured, it changes that that variable changes that narrative a touch because, uh, okay, because it's like there's still humans that were it, yeah like they like well they're right out of the gate they're controlled right yeah like, they're controlled their entire lives and there's a premise put on them that, they, that they're a narrative they're forced into and it's all financially controlled and stuff like that we don't know that though some of them do, and yeah, and some yeah, some of them don't. But there's like a system that's kind of set up, right? It's kind of like the only ones who know are the people who are like like Homelander and I think what's his name, uh, the the speed guy, because those those are the ones who knew about compound compound V. Everyone else, and like obviously the people like the 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 higher ups, they know about the fact that they're manufacturing. But like predominantly, everyone just assumes that like they don't know why. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they get the that. Female, the main female girl, um, Queen Maeve. No, no, the other one. Uh, who, Starlight? She's like new, Starlight, yeah. She didn't know. She she found out later that her mom yeah. actually yeah. sent her to, to that. I, I get all that. But because the system is set up, then, gotcha. that, then, then like, and the it world is... is the world is kind of working with it, right? It's a, it's an industry. Even if the industry is lying to you, which we happens all the time, they're yeah. still in the industry. It's a little different than if some if there was no premise, no no preconceived idea, yeah. and then people just happen to have powers, and then there happened to be an event, and then they happen to step up, and there's a little level, little different level of like there still would be a lot of assholes and all that kind of stuff, but there just would be like a little bit different of a story that would need to be told. Um, that's just one thing I like, I ha- like have to get out there. And two, the other thing is, you know, the one thing I think about though, is like when it comes to um, uh, Homelander and Superman and the idea of like that, that plane it's like, yeah, you can't sit in front of it, but you could probably fly underneath it and just like yeah. over time, gradually slow it down. Like you might have to fly for a while, but yeah. you should probably slow that thing down. Yeah. So. So for and, me, oh sorry, sorry, T, go on, go on. Oh sorry, I was just gonna say one more thing in terms of yeah. my hopes. Uh, I can't reveal it because then it would spoil it for you guys. But there is something that I accidentally read ahead. I read it. And <laughs> you read it? I I accidentally Googled a character because I was. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, you. I think you know who I'm talking about. Then 
Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I think they're actually going to do that because they, they dropped a subtle hint with Homelander when Homelander was having the meeting. And he he was like basically chastising every character except for that one person. He was like, except you. Except Midnight. Or whatever. Black Noir? Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just say we've always done like a spoiler warning. So we've given our spoiler warning. And I'm prepared to be spoiled. So you don't want to be spoiled, Omar. Yeah, because I'm no, no. I'm mad that I spoiled it for myself. Yeah, so, I was like, fuck, no, no, I didn't want to know that. It's too good. Even though it's still too too good, and I'm and I wish I didn't see it. I'm still excited to see it, and I yeah. and I know that they're gonna change it a bit. Okay. So I'm excited. Okay. I think they're gonna do it, bro. I think they're gonna do it. <laughs> but tactics, I gotta say this. I won't won't spoil anything. But the reason I accidentally spoiled it was is I was like I saw something in the trailer, and I was like, oh, that character's costume is cool i want to google what it looks like in the in the cart in the, in the comic because sometimes like they look uh, different. Uh, like me bro <laughs> i googled it and then i saw a picture and i was like oh what is that and then i was like oh <laughs> and it was like the final chapter like the final scene in the comics and i was like I screwed up, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it happens to the it happens to the best of us, bros. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. So I I I also loved the boys. Like it, it was it was significantly more in depth and analytical and re- like reflective of the times than I thought. Like they they handled the Me Too movement really well. Yeah, you're, the, you're at the doing for season two as well. They're doing Black Lives Matter. I know they're, do, they're doing white supremacy specifically. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they 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 don't shy away from incorporating stuff. And apparently, like, apparently, they were playing that before the whole thing with George Floyd happened. Like they, they were like, they were just like, well, this kind of works. We might as well like it kind of like goes with what we were going to go with. They, but, they have to. Yeah, but also like at the same time, like they the political. Uh, uh, ramifications and like the comment like even the political commentary that they were doing for a lot of their actions like look at starlight like she had to like she was basically like a, like a glorified beauty pageant who thought that she was going to be like saving the world and intent instead she kind of had to like she wasn't even allowed to fight rapists because it didn't look good on her like cred and also like uh like demographics didn't like favor her unless someone came forward and actually got those guys arrested and like they talked about the, f- the fact that that does that rarely ever happens and yeah and also they they do a really good job of talking about how like revenge is like a step-by-step process that eventually like, takes you down a really negative hole and you know i, I feel bad for the boys like and the, the, especially the family members yeah. uh, but i also liked how like everyone kind of surprised you at one point or another, literally every character surprises mm. you. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, even even like your your main character dude, like from the from the 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 shy one, yeah. even he, him. Like by like, I was rewatching it, and I was like, by what episode three? You're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, the things you don't anticipate characters doing. Yeah, they 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 go there, and it, and that, that makes it a lot of fun, a lot very interesting. I mean, because like also you can look at the fact that they they made Muslim terrorists like kind of like the big bad of why they need these superheroes. But if you look at that, it's like oh, Americans went over and like fucked stuff up in that country, and then like left things that eventually caused them to become wanting to like yeah 
go back against the Americans, which that is kind of sound familiar. Exactly. <laughs> and like I'm like, holy shit. Like people are like, oh well, they need a superheroes now because like the terrorists. I'm like, yeah, they created they literally created the terrorists. Yeah. Which is a real parallel to reality. And they also sell guns to terrorists too. Like they sell the guns to the country that they're like, we gotta go fight them, but we're also gonna make profit off of them while we fight them. Yeah, exactly. We'll, so we'll like, sell the weapons that they'll shoot at our soldiers that we'll send over to kill them. Exactly, and then <laughs> I've ne- like honestly, I've always t- like tactics, and I, I, I practically all of us have had the discussion about Batman v- versus Superman. Like, which one do we prefer? Which one's more lame? All that sort of stuff. Homelander actually makes you realize that Superman, like, because like in comics, when people are like, "Oh, we're scared of Superman," I'm like, "Guys, why are you scared of Superman and Superman?" But Homelander actually makes me feel the fear of a Superman type person, and like mm. what that means. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like. Uh, did you guys ever see Brightburn? Yeah, I haven't seen he that. Re- he remind. Oh man, that dude, that kid is fucked up, man. It remind- <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like he's the offspring of yeah. He he's like the offspring of Homelander, man. Like it's he's serious, man. Yeah, I actually want to see that 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 universe. I didn't think I was really gonna gonna like it. He's not even the offspring of, of Homelander. He's he's an eviler seed than Homelander. He's he's way worse than Homelander. Like he's just he's just too young to be worse than Homelander at this point, and he's already worse than Homelander. Like, I, I I feel I feel like Homelander would be that if he didn't have the popularity because he yeah. still has the image to maintain, right? I feel Homelander would be that if they were worse to him in raising him because they tried to make him into a Jesus character, right? Like mm. that was their goal, like for for how he would act in, in public. Mm. If they just gave him the powers and then just beat him up all the time, he would mm-hmm. they would end the, it would be bright burn. Like and that, that's that's kind of like another thing that I want to talk about like like that I loved was the fact that they actually brought in evangelicals and how they actually work with the political system yeah just, just to spread their dogma even though they like they technically think that's bullshit yeah so yeah so like for for me I, my hopes are kind of like what darcy was saying like that they continue doing this and at the same time that they you know they do the whole white supremacy thing just as well as they did season one and also like keep doing like uh especially now i think they are getting like a new female uh who's yep. going to be part of the uh, of the seventh? Yes, exactly. So I'm like, yo, let, 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 let's see how that goes. Have you but, guys uh, seen the the Comic Con the the, the, the Comic Con sit down they did in like August July? Like it was like a 30 minute thing where they were previewing no. and talking about. It. Oh, you gotta watch it. They, I, they, I kind of want to do that stuff after I watch season two. Uh, yeah, they they, they 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 they're showing a little clip in the first episode, and like they have like a boat chase scene. And first off, since you're from Toronto, like you'll recognize the places. Like it's, it's like it's like just down Lake Ontario, but nice. they, they have a boat chase scene. And Carl Urban's, they actually thought they were gonna have stunt drivers. Like no, Carl Urban actually drove the boat, and they have a giant whale that they they drive into, and they they show in the trailer, and it, and everyone thought like, oh, it's a CG whale. Like no, no, we we actually bought, got an animatronic whale built. And they actually put real guts in it and actually had the characters full on makeup blood through the whole thing, like all of them. And they're like, that is awesome. And he's like, yeah, it's the most expensive whale ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a million dollar whale or something like that. But yeah, I'm excited. I, you know, I've heard good things. My my cousin, um, it it does, um, does like a, I forget the word, like a food catering business for um, yeah. like movies and television shows. She worked on the first season of 
the boys. She didn't get a chance to work on the second season, but the, her company was still working on it. So somebody else was was on that one. And she was like, yeah, and like they're a, a great people. And she heard really amazing things for season two from from her colleague, just like nice. the scenes that they were filming because they're there every day serving the food for the for the cast. And so I'm like, I'm like, when she told me that, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so, OK, so, yeah, we're all we're all in agreement. And also we're all equally. I cannot wait for us to do like a, a like a review of season two on this yeah. on, on our podcast. Yeah. But uh, let's quickly uh, go to our last uh, point on the agenda. When we won't be in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air remake. What do you guys think about uh, like- tactics? You go first, man. I, I, I'm dying to hear what he has to say. Yo, honestly, so my problem with Hollywood is that nothing is original, rarely ever original anymore. And I feel like I'm not 100% against this idea. I just feel like I've I've grown to love what I got from Fresh Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and especially. You know, Darcy, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. As a as a black man, that that show spoke volumes to me. You know what I mean? It 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 was such an important part of me of my growing up. You know, I learned so many like life lessons. And I mean, you could say that across the board with a lot of these like like shows. You know, but like you know, Family Matters or whatever. But I think at its core, like Fresh Prince was a staple in a lot of people's lives, right? especially in the yeah. black community. And I think like the humor aspect really, really, um, it really, really serves in terms of, of the resonance. It made but it. Then it made it, right? And, uh, but then it, it sprinkled in um, these like, I was gonna say darker, but definitely not darker, but like Dramatic. these more um, these more serious undertones um, it, within the show that, you know, it, it kind of like, it's, it's almost like, um, this is probably a bad example, but it's it's almost like a Dave Chappelle, like the Chappelle show, where like he 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 turns very serious subject matter into into comedy, right? To get people talking about it more, right? And it 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 was kind of like, oh, you're laughing at it, but then it's like, oh, wait, wait a minute, why yeah. am I finding that funny? You know what I mean? And I think like I'm not saying that Fresh Prince was like that across the board entirely. Like they, sometimes the, the majority of the time it was just all in good fun, right? And like you're just trying yeah. to see what these characters are up to. But then they would have those like one-off episodes that got really, really serious and and really drove a point home. And it was a it was it was a good shift from the comedy stuff that you were expecting to all of a sudden, okay, there's a me- there's a key message here. Um, and now it's like I feel like you know they're either going to go all the way serious or they're going to go serious and then do the opposite where it's all, all serious and then sprinkle in, sprinkle in like a little bit of humor in there. And I just feel like, isn't that what I, they said they're going to do? Yeah. Oh, is that okay? So then there you go. So I, it's going to be a drama. I just, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm interested because I, but like, it's like, Will Smith's still producing it. But, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just, it's, uh, so chances are I'm probably gonna like it, to be honest. But <laughs> I I don't know how I feel about it right now. Like I'm curious because I feel like if they're gonna kind of take, like if they're gonna do it where it's like they take um, certain episodes that have already been done in the old fashion, but then they find a way to make that ep- the same episode or the same event that happened, but make it more serious. Um, 
like for example, Will like Will's dad coming back into the yeah. picture, like yeah. them kind of drawing out that, you know what I mean? But then now you're comparing, you're gonna be comparing it because that the part of that the, the reason why that scene was so powerful is because for the most part, we were expecting a comedy out of that yeah. TV series. And then when they flipped the script and then they made that serious, it's like it 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 tugs on your heartstrings because it's like we've never <clears throat> We rarely ever see Will Smith like that. And it, for one, it showed that he had acting chops. And then two, it was like a powerful thing, especially in the black community where like father figures aren't typically prevalent in in young black males' lives, right? So it, it strikes a chord on, on on that aspect, right? But we also weren't expecting that of Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil always kind of like like rag yeah. Will Smith, but like on Will, but like this time he like he was the, he was the dad. He was the yeah. dad for him. Yeah. So so for, so oddly enough, I, I feel like there's a like Here's the thing, because it was a comedy, I and but then this the the serious scenes were so impactful and so powerful. This had it has some shoes, it, it's got some big shoes to fill, not even on not on a comedy standpoint, because obviously they're going in a dramatic direction, but just the drama itself. It's like, you know what I mean? Like even though there wasn't a lot of dramatic stuff in Fresh Prince, the original. Like it, like the ones that were really serious and really dramatic are like they speak so much volume, and so it's like, can you like, really can that whole series fuck with those minor, small, serious scenes? Like, like Carlton had like getting a gun and shit, yeah. like Will Smith and, getting shot, like, and also yeah. like Will apologizing for like nearly the, killing Carlton. Yeah, drugs. the first episode when like oh uh, like uh, Uncle Phil and uh, Will have like that argument, and then like he plays the piano, and like on Viv when she was like telling him to like you need to read all of the history, not about Michael. But, like, I no, I'm a hundred percent with you on this tactics because like hmm. while all of those things I still remember, the one that has stayed with me throughout my entire life since I've seen it was those dramatic parts because hmm. we were expecting the comedy. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I agree, though there's a few, there's always been a few like comedy parts that like this, you, you just don't forget, right? But yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. yeah, but like, yeah. yeah. But the, the, go on, in, in the drama, right? Like, obviously, like the one the tactics called out the the, the father situation was always the, the number one for me. To yeah. this day, that, that scene still makes me cry because it draws parallels Same. in my own personal life. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Um, so I had I've had conversations with my sister about this, right? Because my, my my little sister, who's like like much younger than me, um, like we're like over a decade apart. So we watch a lot of these shows and and and, and like the '90s shows and stuff like that. And she kind of watched them later and and fell in love with a lot of them. And so you know we were talking about like shows that could be remade, right? And so like a lot of these '90s shows are all around the same time. You have like yeah full house turned into fuller house but that was like a straight like continuation type show mm -hmm. yeah. then you have like like family matters and, and like a, like you know save the last bell and like a bunch of other shows that w even friends they were like you can't you can't re you can't extend them and you can't remake them because too much of what makes them the, at their core is like if you look at like friends at its core it's just a bunch of friends hanging out and have a good time in a big city right which we saw that how, how i met your mother right like so you know you can't you, you can't you can keep reinventing it but like it's just like you they can't try. remake it you, I doing spin -offs. like say by the bell yeah. a couple spin-offs yeah but, but the, friends and they had joey show the joey show or whatever yeah, yeah. They, 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 they struggle because like you know, like especially if you take the nineties, nineties ones, you struggle to remake them if the core of what the, made the show good is the campiness. But mm -hmm. the thing at the core of Fresh Prince is that the, there is a campy aspect to it, 
but there was humor that extends well beyond, and there was a core to it that extends well beyond, which is why it's one of the most beloved shows. And first off, did you guys see the trailer that was made by – that started this whole idea? Because I feel yeah. like the way you – because Okay, so – the original reason why this idea even came out was not because this isn't because of some like studio that came up with this, this idea. I'm sure they've been hit up. Will's been hit by, by studios for decades about this stuff. And he's like, no, 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 no doubt. What happened was, is that there, that some uh, young black creators came up with and made their own little like trailer for the concept of the show. It was just like a fan concept for a dramatic version of the show that they wanted to, I think, like build their portfolio. And I think they honestly had this idea in their head of like all these parallels about coming up in Philly in the ghetto and then moving to LA and that transition and, and going from like poor to riches as a black person and that 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 dichotomy of a, of a life shift and the, the troubles that would bring out in reality was actually a strong concept that they wanted to talk about. So they filmed it, they put it on the internet, and Will Smith saw it and was like really impressed with it. And he said originally, like, man, I, w- I actually kind of want to turn this into something. And apparently they've been talking behind the scenes because I think he was so, it's, it sat with him so much. He's like, I actually do think we should make this. The thing I like about it is that, and I'm just, because I'm an optimist, as you guys can tell, I tend to like favor on the side of like, I'm hopeful, uh-huh. is that... um that the core of what it talks about is relevant now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that made the show originally good about the original character of the Will Smith character, um, the Fresh Prince character, is that in and of himself, he was very real. I talked to my sister about this and I'll message her. I'm like, you know the things I, 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 I pick up on these small nuances of Will's character where everybody else was really acting but Will was being himself a bit and it worked so well because he had a phrase once in a, an episode where he was just like talking to like Uncle Phil and he was like, yeah, bet. And he just like said that. And I was like, there is no way in the 90s that some like white comedian dude is going to write just the word bet yeah. into, into the script. There is a level of like how people actually talk that they would never have captured that worked really, really well. And I just want, I am excited to see like you take the core of that character who's a bit funny and um, but is in a dramatic situation in life and making this giant dichotomy shift and the struggle because there's a lot of stuff that like yeah we could try to go episode by episode I don't think we're going to do that I think there's going to be a lot of stuff like what about all the scenes where Will had the struggle where he had his friends from back home in Philly or he dealt with jazz in the ghetto or what about the the scenes where like you remember the one where he did basketball and he met the other basketball uh, player who was a single dad and, yeah. and his son? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These topics, you can flush that out from just being a funny, like, 20-minute episode to a three-episode arc because it's, yeah. it's, it's a big, in-depth concept that is very still relevant. And so mm-hmm. I'm excited because I don't think it's going to – I think it's going to be the premise of the same character and the same situation, but it's going to be a completely different universe in how it comes out. And we're if it comes out well, we're going to love it because it's going to be two completely different things, but we're just know that they're coming from the same core basis. I just don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to map in such a way that we're going to be like a a you know a b a b a b all the way. We're going to be like oh like if it turns out well, we're going to be like amazing that we got two completely different variations of the same thing 
Yeah. So three things. Um, the first one, Darcy, you kind of sparked this in, in me. Uh, it reminded me. Um, when they were making the show and Quincy Jones brought Will on and he met uh, Alfonso Roberto uh, Carlton, it was actually him that gave Will the advice to cha- to make his name Will on the show because he was like, yo, you know that you know this show is going to do well and people are going to be calling you whatever your name is called on the show for the rest of your life. And sure enough, because everyone calls Carlton Carlton. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, they it, right? So, um, Alfonso Carlton. <laughs> yeah, right? And he's been doing shit before, before Fresh Prince, right? But people just still refer to him as Carlton, right? But um, so that, yeah. So I remember that. Um, number two, I, I totally agree with you in the relevancy in, in terms of it's, it being very timely. And <clears throat> that's why I'm a little bit more open to it. I would... You know, I'm I'm most I'm definitely going to watch it because I'm curious, right? We're I want to see it. watch it. <laughs> yeah, and I would, you know, like so, you know, the we were just talking about the um, the episode with the dad. I, yo, wouldn't it be crazy if Will plays that character? Yo, I actually was thinking that when you were talking. That I think would be like, I think that needs to happen. Either that or maybe, well, no, obviously, uh, maybe. I was gonna say Uncle Phil, but I, I don't think I don't he would think, want to do yeah. that. Yeah. Like he, he has so much love for James Avery, he wouldn't ever want to repl- like replace him. Yeah, and that's a big that's a bigger commitment. Yeah, so I don't think he'd be able to do something like that. But um, yeah. also, I hope they don't they don't call it Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think they should just simplify it and just call it Bel Air or something else. Yeah, those lines. Yeah, uh, it, it depends. What's what's that? Sorry, sorry. I, 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 sorry. I was going to ask the tactics what the third uh, thing. Oh, that, yeah, that I covered all three. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say if you're going to shorten it, I feel like it's going to be one of two things. If you if you call it the like the Fresh Prince, mm-hmm. right, then it's really about the core of the character, or it's Bel Air, and it's about like the 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 dichotomy of of the context of the situation he's shifted yeah. into, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I for me, I kind of I kind of want to tonally. Not from all of the episodes because it shows all over the place in good ways, but I feel like I kind of tonally want it to feel like fresh LA, but done stylistically a touch like Atlanta. I don't mean like in the metaphysical part, but in the like real aspects of Atlanta, where like one of my favorite things about Atlanta is like how they do two conversations at the same time. Yeah, right. how, how every how, how so much of the point they had the one where like they had the two guys talking camera, the two guys sitting on the couch, side, <laughs> and they're just like, you could totally, if you're listening, you can totally hear them figuring out their like chicken order from <laughs> the whole conversation. Like, like, I love that. I had like rewatch a scene to hear both the conversations. I'm like, I gotta hear the chicken order. Where is this chicken joy, by the way? <laughs> like, the, so the, the, in terms of the stylistic tone of the of the show, I, I got I got that Atlanta vibe from the trailer that we saw. Like yeah. I, I know that's not the actual legit trailer, but what they the fan made thing. Um, yeah, it was very it was very reminiscent of of the feel of Atlanta in the real aspect of it. Because yeah. the thing that's great about Atlanta is at times it almost feels like when you get those gritty crime documentaries where you feel like the person's there and they just and they they don't have the greatest cameras but they film it and you get that kind of graininess to it and it's very like grounded but then you take that and you with somebody who actually has cinematography level skills like crazy level cinematography skills but then still almost somehow shoots it like 
they're low budget at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing that you want to feel is that you don't want to feel like you're seeing Will's transition between these two worlds and it's like perfect. You want mm. it to feel grounded. And I think there's there's so much that, that could be a great, amazing story. And I, you know, I'm excited because, you know, you know, if it's those creators and, and, and actually I, I saw the title of what it was the creators from the trailer. So it's like, it's those creators. It's a, it's a, it's a great story and a great opportunity as well, because, you know, it's coming from that, like from, from like that bottom position, right. Where people are, are creating their own thing. And then someone from like you know, the highest echelon is coming in and be like, I like this. I'm going to, I'm going to back this. And the thing that also makes it great is that because Will's going to executive produce it, right? Like who else, from the entire show of the Fresh Prince is going to um, have a good understanding of the core of that show. Yeah. Right. You know, like, I mean, yes, arguably there's other people and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, like if anyone's going to back this show, I'm super excited that it, you know, it's will and not a studio. You know what I mean? Like I look forward to seeing the original cast making their cameos. Yes. Yes. That'd be nice, yeah. Yeah, in 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 just like totally random characters, and and also on one more note, on the concept of I think I had this conversation with somebody in the past, like my sister or something, but like for if if Will Smith were to ever play an Uncle Phil role, the only way I would ever have wanted that to, to happen is if they'd found a way to continue the Fresh Prince, like years later reboot it, and it was still the same show, and he ended up in the same situation he's still will smith but he ended up reversed roles into an uncle phil role like he's helping out somebody or it's his own child as the character yeah. and like that's the only way i could ever see him playing an uncle phil role he'd never play uncle phil and i don't know he wouldn't want to step into every shoes you want to find somebody else who brings a life into that mm-hmm. the uncle phil role um but uh but yeah, it's the only way I'd ever see him play an Uncle Phil role is where and he could totally do that in this show too. It's like where he's mentoring and he's he's taking the essence of that and appreciating that in his character. But it's not the same name and it's not the same story and it's not the same you know responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So to the audience, I then ask you, what are your thoughts on the Fresh Prince remake uh, and uh, them making it a dramatic uh, version in the modern age? And uh, yeah. Thank you all. I think that uh, wraps up our uh, our podcast for today. Yes, it does. I want to thank you guys all for watching. This has been another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy, Tactics. It's your boy, Darcy. And this is Big Geek Umar. Live long and prosper, y'all. And like and subscribe.